voice of the black and amber. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Friday evenings, Talk Sport on 88.7 FM with JJ Kavanagh Bus and Coach Hire. And on Friday the 26th of January, you're very welcome to Talk Sport here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. With uh, the return of Split the Pot after a couple of weeks uh, break there. And uh, the lads are, haven't arrived in the studio yet, but they'll be coming in here shortly. So we'll uh, be going to Bear Scott in a moment. Horse racing this evening is in Dundalk. A couple of races already over and uh, we'll go to Bear straight away. We'll have the dogs. We'll have Jim Cashin on the phone after the first ad break. That happening in the soccer world today. We'll review colleges hurling during the week. The Tier Lawn sponsorship yesterday. Uh, a very special programme tomorrow morning. I'll be telling you about that uh, later on. We'll go through the rest of the fixtures and indeed Camogie and other news as well. Pat Tracy will join me in the studio here later. We're going to uh, kill off that uh, team music there now for the programme because we have on the line uh, Bear Scott. Bear, good evening to you and it's uh, action in Dundalk this evening. First, there was one by number seven. Field Dream, a 50 to 1 shot, a great start for the punters. Second was number 9, Below Deck, 3 to 1 favourite, and third was number 5, Bonnie Power. At 7 to 1, number 13 was a non runner there, 14 ran. The 430, this was run by number 9, uh, Sky Legend, 3 to 1 favourite. Second was number 1, Darkened, 7 to 1, and third, number 11, Victory Star, 33 to 1, and again 14 ran. The five o'clock, this was won by number six, Elegant Man, seven to four on favour. Second was number five, Tyson Fury, 16 to one, and seven ran. The half five, this went to number nine, Roman Palace, nine to two. Second was number one, Hale Buff, six to one, and third was number eight, Gatsby Gap, 14 to one, number six, Big Dream was the favourite there, and again, 14 ran. The six o'clock, which has just finished, was won by number eight, Ferry Bank, landing a bit of a touch for Ted Welch, the 130 favourite. Second was number nine, Rock Basher, 22 to one. And third was number five, Fishuli River, nine to two. And again, 14 ran. This leaves us with just three races remaining on the card. A half six is um, a mile handicap for three-year-olds only and um, very well there's a, just ten runners here but very tight betting the top is the favourite here number one Bergamasco 11 to 4 extend 5 to 1 number 2 Blue Soul also number 3 Butterfly Bush 6 to 1 number 5 Pom- er- Pomeriggio and 6 to 1 number 7 Alto Sachs and 8 to 1 number 10 Gregorino 14 to 1 bar. Look, as the betting suggests, it's very tight. The favourite won a race here a few weeks back and he's won, he's run twice since. Ran okay, didn't follow up his win, but ran respectively. Blue Soul has been, has run four times. Seems to be getting better with each run, but I don't know whether he's ready to win tonight. I know he's disappointed, but looking down at number 10, Gregorina. He's very well in tonight, bottom weight in this handicap. Wesley Joyce, a good man in the saddle. 8-1 chance. I think he has to, we have to give him a last chance here. 
Gregorino each way in the half six. The seven o'clock distance and apprentice handicap over seven furlongs. This is for four year olds and upwards. And we have a very, very hot favourite here, number five, H Pound. Mind you, I haven't said I have the hot favourite. He's run 14 times and he still has to win. I wouldn't be risking my money on him. It's, he's been second a few times, so he obviously has a, a good chance of winning. I'd prefer have a little each way flutter. A number 12 local here in the hot. I should have mentioned that X pound is a six to four, five to four chance. It's three to one. Number ten, Shannon, Shannon, number twelve, local girl, a four to one chance, and seven to one, number four, Commander lads, any price bar. But as I said, I prefer having an each way flutter on local girl than risk X pound at five or six to four. Finally, the half seven. This is a maiden for three year olds over seven furlongs. A lot of these haven't run yet, so we're a little bit in the dark. The favourite is number 12, Manhattan Dreamer, 74. It's 72, number four, Genesis, which is one of the ones that haven't run yet. And number five, I bid you a you is a 92 chance, and the 71 bar. And that includes number eight, Sobriety Blue, which I think has to have a chance here. Manhattan Dreamer certainly has the form to, to play a part in this, but like I said, we're a bit in the dark. So Rizy Blue has had one run for Andy Slattery, a decent enough run as well, but it was a while back. But what catches my eye is that Shane Foley is in the saddle tonight, a very unusual booking for Andrew Slattery. 7-1, to one, I think he might put it up to the hot favourite number 12, Manhattan Dreamer. So it's a Rizy Blue each way in the last for me. Okay, Bear, Bear, uh, Rachel Macbar winning the tie yesterday, yesterday. Big race for her. Uh, another, another good day out in Gore, Nick, and it was great to see Rachel Blackmore do the stuff. The first woman ever to ride the winner of the tie Fantastic, and uh, they got a great crowd out there as well. The weather was kind it, to them also. That's right. Uh, they always do on TSD's day, in fairness, you know. Absolutely. Okay, Bear, I'm sure Pat will have more questions for you tomorrow about the TSD's. I'm, su- I'm sure. I'm sure he will. Thanks, Bear. Okay, take care. That's uh, Bear Scott um, talking about the TSD's and indeed this evening from uh, Gordon Park. We're now going in to split the parts. Our first split the part of 2024 and uh, Mick Welsh and Declan Gibbons are here with us and uh, let's see who's coming out first. We have that uh, mic ready, Pat, there. number one is ready to, for Declan to call it out. Mick Welsh is going to put his hand into it now and pull out, um, let's hope he pulls out me out of it. I don't, I don't want to be ashamed to say that. Let's see what's happening here now. And he'll hand it to Declan. Is this your new resolution, Nicky? Yeah, absolutely, Declan, yeah. Definitely not you, Nicky. <laughs> Harry Morrison, just Christie's bar. Harry Morrison, God bless you. It's Christie's bar, and it's uh, it's a, one of the Morrisons, is it? Yeah, Harry yeah, Morrison. Harry Morrison in Christie's bar. And for his sins, right? Okay. Sorry, go back there again. Say yeah, again. Harry Morrison from Christie's bar. Yeah, I had the wrong mic up. Sorry. And uh, the jackpot this week, Nikki, the first jackpot of 2024. 836 euro. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing, well done, Harry. Yep, yeah, so congratulations, that, Harry. Yeah. yeah, Mick Walsh. Turn it again, Mick. And the second prize, I think, is an 80 euro, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, Jimmy Corcoran. 
Give it to Declan there. Nice, thank you. Yeah, Jimmy Corcoran bought in Brett Brothers. Yeah, Brett Brothers. One of Barry's. One of Barry's. One of Barry's. Barry's Well done, Barry. Okay. And finally, fifty euro. We'll get these names back to you in a moment when Declan has them written up. And again, we, as always, we thank our uh, loyal supporters out there for continuing to support our Split the Party. It's a key fundraiser for the station here. And uh, you were very generous to us for Christmas, and now you have started equally generous in the new year. Right, Declan? And €50, Euro, Nicky, goes to Nora Murphy, and the t- envelope was sold by Jim Cashin. There you so go. So Nora Murphy wins €50. Euro. Well, that's right. We'll have Jim Cashin on the phone in a short while. So there he comes up again. Barry and Jim, that deadly duo yeah. coming up again. All, all Jim has to do now is get the treble tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. But Patrice, he just puts his head in his hands on the table and uh, he'll be talking to us in a few moments, by the way, because a lot have happened on the soccer front today, so I'm grabbing him for a few minutes. So, uh, Declan, you write up that sheet and bring it back into me and I'll call out the uh, the winners when, uh, when you have that done. And again... <coughs> our thanks to everybody for their uh, fantastic help uh, to the station with uh, Split the Pot. Right, we're going to go to the dogs. Some people say we go to the dogs every time we're on the radio. But however, race one tonight at half past seven. It's actually the car that was due to be run last Friday night, but it was uh, uh, rained off due to the uh, incessant weather. OK, we're going in this first race for number four, Bogger Skimpy. Jordan, Gordon rather moaned and trained to get the better of number three, PJ Peacocks. Uh, get from Valley but trained by PJ Arachis Gamble. Race number two, Trials at Kilkenny Track, Novice 525, and we're going for number three, John Mackey and Tom Lennon's Foyle Laura. I met John today, I should have asked him about this one, but I'm going to it anyway, uh, to get the better of number six, uh, Pat Scullion, Murti Lahey Train, Droopy's Glamour. Race number three is the uh, www.grireland.ie and A4525. We're going for Liam Peacock's owned and trained, Bogger Murray, number three, to get the better of another PJ Peacock owned in train. Number one, Ratchie's Joy. Race number four, fundraiser at Kilkenny Track, A6525 semi-final. And of course, Tom is always available to chat about fundraisers for clubs and organisations out there. We're going for number four, Paddy Brennan's owned and trained. Sarah's Luck to get the better of Seamus O'Neill's owned and trained. Number six, Sixpence Spin. Number race number five, the second semi final of that stake, and we're going for number six. It is uh, Ashley and Colfer and Una Fahi owned Thomas Buggy trained Kilgraney Wild to get the better of Matthew Murphy's owned and trained number five Florian Onyx. Race number six, the Irish Italian Greyhound Trust A5525, and we're going for number six. Sean Cogan's owned and trained Monagore Jill to get the better of number three a syndicate from Michael trained by Thomas Buggy the Bagnell Pup race number seven the Barking Buzz app A3525 final 650 to the winner there tonight and it's, we're going for a dog that just keeps on winning out there although a couple of seconds recently but good track record there number five Shema Donnell and Robbie Dowling's going the wrong way to get the better of number two Rosemary Buggy and uh uh, on Thomas Buggy trained Kilgraney Wise race number 8 is the Talking Dogs A5525 and we're going for number 3 Tom Mary Buggy this time owned by Tom, trained by Thomas Buggy's Kilgraney Flower to get the better of number 5 Kieran Tackerby's owned and trained Positive Reuben race number 9 the Bile Sports Bookmakers A3525 we're going for number 2 Tom Lahey Robbie Dowlin's owned Tom Lahey trained Nocturne Kelt to get the better of number 5 Billy Murphy and Francis Mullen owned and trained Ascot Ella race number 10 
the McCalmont Cup at Kilkenny Track A Track A2 5-5 semi-final now don't forget the McCalmont Cup actually starts on the 1st of March this is just a, a taster beforehand with the winner getting 700 uh, when the final takes place next week we're going for number 2 Carlo Warrior a syndicate from Bagnallstown owned and trained to get the better of uh, number 6 Deadly Crusader Willie Ramsbottom owned Carl Ramsbottom trained and finally the second semi-final of that stake we're going for Another Shem O'Donnell, Robbie Dowling dog, this time number two, going the right way to get the better of number five, a syndicate from Kilkenny, trained by Tom Lahey, the Mung Stream. And that's the racing tonight, out on the Freshford Road. We wish everybody well in that regard. We'll take a break and we'll be back with more sport. Friday evenings, talk sport on 88.7 FM with JJ Kavanagh, Bus and Coach Hire. And you're very welcome back to uh, Talk Sport. I was going to say split the pot because that's what I have in front of me here. The sheet just handed in to me by Declan. First prize, Harry Morrison, €836, care of Christie's Bar. Second prize, Jimmy Corcoran, €80, care of Barry Henriquez. And third prize, Nora Murphy, €50, care of Jim Cashin. And the question was asked, Jim Cashin, is there any chance he could do the same now with the uh, treble tomorrow here in front of Pat Tracy and Bear Scott and and the listening public? Our best. That actually, that Nora Murphy, fifty euros. You would have worked for years with her grandmother in in Plan B, as it was uh, Marion Murphy on oh, the brain yeah. gene. Absolutely. There you go, Jim. Yeah, so good, right. good news. You're starting the weekend well now. So no pressure tomorrow. No pressure tomorrow. I don't feel pressure. Pressure's for tyres, Nicky. Good man. <laughs> now, just a few things on the soccer front. I know you'll be touching base with Pat tomorrow, but there's a big game out on the uh, Kells Road tonight. Evergreen take on Blair Ronders in the Leinster Senior Cup. That's a big game for uh, a Kilkenny club. It is, yeah. Look, at, they got through, I don't know, two, maybe three rounds. Uh, you know, obviously, they win, all the junior league winners in Leinster get to enter the Leinster Senior Cup, and obviously, they battle through the early stages, and then the, the League of Ireland sides come into it. This, this year, it's in a, a group stage, so they've, they've qualified the first two or three rounds, and they're in the group stage. They have Bray Wanderers, they have Shelburne, and Wexford Youths. <clears throat> all the games coming thick and fast. They have Bray Wanderers tonight, quarter eight out in the Kells Road. They go to Shelburne then next Tuesday night, and then next Sunday week, they have Wexford Youths coming to the Kells Road so heavy schedule <clears throat> in the middle of a, of a schedule you know they have a savage, savage schedule anyway Nicky without those games That's right, it's, yeah. great oppor- it's, it's a great opportunity to test themselves um, you know the, the Leinster Senior Cup is, is very low on the priority list of the, of the big boys so they probably won't be facing many if any of the first team players especially in the in, in the Shelburne game Tuesday night but they'll still be excellent players and a, and a great opportunity to pit their to pit their wits against better players um, they have a Shield semi-final on Sunday funnily enough against New Park and they've, uh, they've agreed to go ahead with that they, they really can't afford any weekends off Evergreen the way their schedule is at the moment so the Shield is a is a, is a, is a a club competition so all their B team players are are eligible to play in the Shield and, and fringe players so they've five ga- the three games in five days Nicky tonight against Bray Wander Sunday against New Park and Tuesday night against Shelburne so oh, a heavy yeah. schedule by anyone's standards Will there be one Killian Cantwell playing with Bray tonight with Kilkenny Connections? Well, he's gone to he's gone to Bray anyway. Now, whether he'll be playing tonight, I'd imagine Killian will be very much a first-team player at Bray Wanderers this season. So it's hard to know if he'll be playing tonight, but he'd be eligible to play. And of course, Killian would have begun his career out now with Evergreen. So it'll be interesting to see if he if he steps up against them tonight. You know, what do you make of Parry Cameron going from Woking to Waterford? 
Well, listen, it's 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 a, it's a good move for both. I would have thought. I mean, Parik Almond, obviously a Carlo man by by birth, um, has had a great career in the lower divisions in England. Nicky, you know, Accrington, Stanley, Grimsby, a number of others. But of course, probably the best thing he had in his career was a few years ago with Newport County. Newport, of course, who have a big game in the FA Cup on Sunday against Man United. But a few years ago, they had another really good cut run in one of the cups, and Par. Parik, as we call him, and Parik, as they call him over there, uh, had a great, a great campaign. scored a, Scored a number of goals. So he scored against Spurs. I think he scored against Spurs in the cup, did he? Uh, yeah, he could well have done. You had a great, you know, they've done really well for for a number of rounds, and he was their main man, and uh, he scored a lot of goals in a couple of seasons there. And even with walking in in the in the conference, uh, whatever they call it now, the National League, the Vauxhall Conference, as we'd know it as. You know, he's always scored goals. And look at Watford back in the Premier Division. There's a few quid there, you know what I mean? So he's sure. their marquee signing. And, uh, you know, similar to Owen Doyle coming back a couple of years ago to St. Pat's, another player that had a great career in the lower divisions in England. And, and I guarantee you, Nicky, he'll score goals in, in, in the League of Ireland big time. And it's a great signing for Watford. And look at he's a Carlo man, as I said. It's only an hour down the road from Carlo to Waterford. So it'll probably add a few bums on seats for in Kilcorn Park as well for the home games, you know. As a Manchester United uh, a faithful follower, uh, did you shed oh. tears this morning at the news that Jorgen Klopp is finishing in Liverpool? <laughs> I didn't shed tears, no. But I, I look. I have to say, Nicky, I think uh, any play, any per, any soccer person or any person in general that says they don't like Jurgen Klopp, there's something wrong with him. Whatever about him being the Liverpool manager, I think we'd all agree that you know he you know he seems to be a really good guy, an excellent manager, an infectious character. You know what I mean? And this has come. I have a lot of fans, fans that are Liverpool fans, and this was like a you know world war. This was like a nuclear war after breaking out when when news hit there, because this has come out out of the blue, out of nowhere. You you know, he's nine seasons. It's it's interesting, Nicky, that himself and Pep Guardiola are the two longest-serving managers in the Premier League, and without a doubt, probably the two guys, maybe along with the Manchester United manager, who would have the the highest pressure jobs. You know, so he's nine years there. Um, I suppose if you look up the Oxford Dictionary for the definition of you know wearing your heart on your sleeve, it's him. You know, he gives it all. Sure. It's very hard to keep that level of intensity going and it looks like the nine years has you know taken its taken toll on him I hope, I, I hope that's the reason Nicky I hope there's nothing that's going to come out health wise down the line you know what I mean but he'll probably go and he'll take a break but I wouldn't be surprised he's, he's still a relatively young man he's only in his mid 50s and uh, I'm sure the German national job will be his at some stage if and when he ever wants it but uh, good news for, for everybody else terrible news for Liverpool um, Xavi Alonso is the obvious one that's been connected with the job doing really well with Bayer Leverkusen and over in Germany they're actually top of the league over there but still a very inexperienced guy Liverpool manager's job is you know a high pressure job so it'll be very interesting to see on the last note on it Nicky remember about 10 or whatever 12 years ago Alex Ferguson done very done something very similar announced his intention to retire halfway through the season and it really took United's season off the rails that time be interesting to see how the players react to this news that, that Klopp has gone at the end of the season you'd imagine his character won't allow the standards to drop but mentality wise it'll be interesting to see how it goes OK I'll let you talk to Pat about that more tomorrow and finally it looks like Lee Carsley is saying no to Ireland yeah, look at Nicky. You know, you can't blame him. I mean, his stock is really, really high in the English FA. 
even if he doesn't end up getting Southgate, Southgate will probably be gone no matter what happens after the Euros this summer. It looks like he's in, the, in with a chance to qualify, of getting that job. Even if he doesn't, his stock is very high. You know, let's call a spade a spade, Nicky. That Irish manager's job is not a job that's going to appeal to a coach who's on the way up. It's going to appeal to a manager stroke coach who's on the way down, a Steve Bruce or a Chris Hutton or someone. That's who's going to get it. And you can't blame Lee Carsley for not taking that job. OK, well, look, tomorrow. more about that tomorrow on, uh, on the Malone 22-1 with uh, Pat and Bear. I'm sure you'll rattle all those things again. Thanks, Jim, for joining us this evening. Take care. No bother, Nick. Okay. Thanks, okay, that was Jim Cash and uh, Pat Tracy. What did you make of uh, Jurgen Klopp uh, going away? Yeah, big surprise. Look, he's a fantastic manager himself, and Pep Guardiola, probably two of the best managers around anywhere in the world, and uh, he's going to be a massive loss to uh, the Premier League because uh, he was uh, look he was all, he was always if you like kind of box office and always sensible and all the rest and what he's done at Liverpool has been brilliant and he's you know had a down year last year they couldn't maintain what they had been doing for the three or four years before that but he's reinvigorated them again and brought in new players and he seems to be uh, just an outstanding uh, manager and uh, an outstanding man Absolutely, Paddy Kelly. Your own thoughts? Yeah, well, as a Manchester City supporter, I'm, you know, I, I feel that Liverpool are probably the closest rivals that we have. But look, I just say about Klopp, I think he's gone, but I think there's more to it than that. I say he probably didn't get enough money at Liverpool for his players, and that could be a thing that he can't bring in the high profile. He's, he's finding it hard to attract the high profile players into Liverpool and all like that. I won't be surprised if he either gets a German job or Barcelona job. Who knows? Okay. Mm. Right, during the week we had colleges hurling. We'll talk to Pat about that. But this is what uh, Brian Downing had to say to me after their 14 points to 10 win over Offaly Schools. Brian, you'd be glad to get that match over with you. It was a, it was a tricky game. And as I said to Liam Smith there, had Offaly lads got their scores from freeze that they might have made it a lot tighter towards the finish. Yeah, look, it was, was we worried enough on the sideline there in the second half at half time. Probably didn't think we had enough going in as a lead. That win, they thought we needed more. Like I think we missed a lot of chances in the first half. I think we had 15 wides. We missed a lot of freeze and play. Offaly did the same. But like, even though the both teams had the wind and, and we had in the first half they had the second half it was it was very hard to score indeed or goal the conditions were absolutely horrendous out there and look fair play to our lads they stood up in the second half backs over to the wall there and we came out fighting and look we're delighted to be in the final you know it's great to be there but we have a lot of work to do now Yeah I thought your Kieran's backs played very well in the second half they were under a fair bit of pressure and they, and they had to be disciplined because Jung O'Reardon generally bar one miss was fair enough the, the goalie was the fellow who hit a couple of bad whites Yeah he, I think O'Reardon missed one maybe there but we probably were I don't know there was a couple of freezes thought they were soft enough from both teams um, you know it was a physical game it wasn't dirty stroke in it at all. you know both teams really battled hard conditions were really bad you know the pitch actually held up well but it was so hard to get an accurate score there you know and that's why it was low score and a goal would be a massive score but I don't think either team even created a goal chance there today but look today is just about getting into a Leinster final obviously we have a huge amount of work to do now to improve we haven't played I think it was November the 24th was our last match very hard to get even a challenge match over Christmas so that was our first game together for a long time so hopefully this game will bring us on now and for two weeks time and I suppose a few of the lads are involved with Kenya on the 20s as well which doesn't help you either no look it's great that they're playing and fairness Look, very good relation with Mark Dowling there we're in contact the whole time so we're just trying to balance the lads load that they're not overdoing it 10 lads on the under 20 panel so there's a big overlap there so look we're making sure that they're not getting too much hurling under Tom McPhillips Roy Lynn that was the first time they were on the pitch you know this year really you know that Roy played the first game but was missed Tom McPhillips was out for the whole year so it's great to get 60 minutes into them lads and hopefully they'll improve now again with the, for the Leinster final Difficult as you say with the breeze to kind of move the ball at pace and to do off the shoulder passing it was hard to expect that from any team today Yeah it was like you know it was just so hard to get your hands on 
in the ball and make it stick. And then when lads were shooting, the ball wasn't really going away. Like you know, it was like Sunday in the club all early. The conditions were just so tough. I think why well, disappointing the first half, I suppose, was we were shooting from crazy angles. You know, I don't mind the shots going wide from 40 yards in front of the goal, but if it's out in the sideline over the shoulder, it's not going to happen. So I think we kind of rectified that at half time, and I think the lads kind of brought it back into the centre and recycled it, and we got a few more scores from that. Now we just after hearing that uh, CBS have just won by two points down in Piltown against Good Council, which means it's an all Kenny final. You know those guys very well. I've seen them again, Johnstown, and I saw some of the game today on Clubber. They're a decent team now. You're going to have to uh, be alert for them. Oh yeah, 100%. Look, was to, we played them already in, in November and it was a, a tough battle. We came out with a point victory. Very lucky to come out with a point victory. So, look, anytime Michael Kenny's EBS, there's never happened between the teams. They always put it up to us. And look, we, 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 we know today's performance won't be enough to win an Leinster final. We're going to have to improve hugely. And look, if faith in these lads there, we'll go away, we'll, we'll work hard and we'll, we'll get right now for the Leinster final. Well done, Brian. We'll talk to you again. All right, thanks, Nicky. And that Leinster final takes place in UPMC Nolan Park on Wednesday, the 7th of February, Community Radio Kenny City. Will, as we always are at those games, we'll be there. There. and uh, Pat Tracy this could make for a good final I mean the CBS had to uh, I know they had it fairly well their own way in the first half but when Good Council asked some real questions at the end they did respond well yeah, um, it was. Uh, I'd say both teams would be coming away from their semi-final, saying you know that uh, there was good parts and bad parts. And uh, the CBS they led one eleven to one three at half time, and uh, you know the, with five minutes to go, it was level. Uh, that uh, the 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 good council came back. They got a goal in the second half, brought it back to three points, and eventually levelled it with about five minutes to go. And um, then uh, the the CBS got a point ahead and got another point deep an injury time to win it so I'd imagine that uh, you know that kind of they were outscored something like uh, what was it uh, 1-8 to 5 points in the last 20 minutes yeah. or so and you wouldn't be that happy but with I that but I think Good Council probably shoved Marty Murphy into full forward at that stage which probably had, something yeah, they should have yeah, done yeah. earlier maybe Pro- probably yeah and uh, he got the goal and uh, that brought him back into it uh, just listen to your commentary and saying Kieran's it seemed to be just a tough dour old game and uh, Kieran's only scored four points in the second half you know they, uh, it, it appeared to me that at a particular stage in the second half the Offaly College has missed two or three very scorable frees oh the goalie missed absolutely missed three or four should have should have been better effort that would and have, he kept hitting the wide at the left hand post yeah, and that would have nearly brought a level kind of thing you know yeah. that's, that was the thing but you know the, Kieran saw it out and uh, you know the, look they have a panel and they have a squad that they, they, they will improve for the final and, and both, that's uh, the both thing, yeah. schools I think had panels of 40 players but Paddy it shows you the, the strength of uh, Kilkenny hurling in some respects because a fair chunk of those good council lads are Kilkenny as well so yeah. the underhead now whether we're good enough to win all Ireland's at 9 or well 20 now we're talking about because yeah. college's hurling is, is under 20 yeah. uh, in terms of inter-county yeah there's a great uh, a great mix there that, like you know you have two very good teams the CBS there and Cairns and the good council as you said there's a lot so look there's a lot of good good young talent out there and as you alluded to in, in, in one of the, the, the texts there a lot of them are playing you know intermediate and junior and, and they're playing for their senior teams and for their clubs and all yeah, like that I think of the starting teams at the weekend the two Cairns at the CBS I think about 10 played senior club hurling last year Pat that's really un- unbelievable yeah. yeah well there were probably four or five with Greg Ballycallan 
Yeah. Uh, just between the two, yeah. between the CBS and Cairns. That's and right. And then yeah. good council, as you said there, right. Martin Moore. Uh, and then Martin. they had lads playing with intermediate and junior teams in their first Yeah, and Sean yeah, Ling was playing with uh, uh, good council as That's well. Right. Now, yeah. he was injured, but he was he was first teamer with the He was the, the first teamer, yeah. Team. Yeah. yeah. It's the way the college's hurling is mm. gone now, you know, it causes its own challenges. Yeah. Okay, okay, we'll now move on with another topic. Uh, yesterday we had the launch of the Tierlawn sponsorship, and uh, here's how the uh, Tierlawn CEO, Jim Berrigan, he spoke to me about the new sponsorship. Jim Berrigan here at the launch of the sponsorship and it's now very much tier lawn Jim very much part of the jersey and I know you over a long number of years your passion for farming no knows bounds but equally your passion for hurling knows no bounds as well Ah yeah absolutely Nicky and I, I suppose you know going back over the years growing up in Ballyregas you know it was three matches at the weekends and, and, and an awful amount of talk then through the week about what went on so uh, that's in our DNA and, and we're absolutely delighted to be, be associated here now as Tier Lawn uh, with Kilkenny GAA and, and like it, as I said you know I wouldn't like people to think of this just as a sponsorship deal like the integration between the organisations like we are so impressed with how the, the officers here go about their, their, their duties and organise everything on a day today basis so as organisations I think we're, we're culturally a great fit uh, and like the individuals get on really really well so we're looking forward to a great partnership here. Well the sponsorship means a lot to me too because I started with Pat O'Neill back in the early 90s yeah. with the Avonmore brand and the Avonmore brand will continue to be a front and centre because it is the most uh, popular f- brand in the country Jim. It is, it's the number one consumer dairy brand in the country you know and an, an awful amount of people consider Avonmore to be synonymous with milk, they just call it Avonmore and uh, and that's, that's a fantastic place to be, um, it's top quality um, and so is the Kilkenny Hurling uh, so the association there again resonates and and I should say also that you know uh, internationally uh, Avonmore now is sold in Asia uh, it's sold in China in Vietnam in other places the GAA is, is becoming an international organisation as well and the Kilkenny brand internationally is fantastic we had a conversation about that here one day so we shouldn't forget that Yeah. and of course you said as well in your address there we collect milk in something like 22 counties around Ireland so you know we're, we're not we're not just the Kilkenny company we're very much a national company ah sure yeah and sometimes there's a bit of, of, of banter inside you know about us being a little bit biased towards Kilkenny but at the end of the day you know Kilkenny is our home uh, we are spread out around the, the, the 22 counties but I think people understand that uh, and we have supported other counties in the past in certain ways Gainfeed supported Wexford uh, Essence uh, which was a, a Yoplait product supported Waterford at one point as well uh, but look this is in, in, in hard-nosed business terms this is 30 years 11 All-Irelands you know you can't um understate that level of success and uh, you know we really appreciate that so and an important element of your support as well is the provision of a uh, protein products protein milk which is used by the players at all levels here in Kilkenny and indeed the, the ladies as well yeah. I think that's an important way of promoting the product in a practical way with uh, with major teams no, well, actually, uh, the funny one in that is that um, that it has been been medically proven that the, the best rehydration drink actually is skim milk, is is milk. Uh, you know, most people would think it was water, but it's not. And uh, so, it, uh, you know, the protein milk here, like it's a, it's a low-fat, high-protein product, uh, and it, you know, it's it's growing and growing, uh, particularly among sports people, but also people who are very conscious of a healthy lifestyle, you know, and want to retain their muscle tone in in, in particular. It's it's a great product, and it's as I said, it's growing from strength to strength. Of course, um, you'll be retiring later in middle of the year sometime. We'll leave that for another occasion. But of course, you'd love to have a little bit of extra silverware at your uh, retirement party, Jim. How are you seeing Kilkenny's prospects this year? 
Ah, sure, look, every year Kilkenny is getting stronger. You, you know, delighted to see uh, the more mature, let's call them, players staying on as well and and, uh, and, and they look fit. Wally looked great on, on Saturday night week and, and uh, delighted that TJ and Killian and, and the senior players are staying on. And then the younger lads are getting stronger. You know, we, 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 we saw great improvements last year in, in them. They're becoming more mature now and it takes that in today's game. You know, and, and uh, we won another 20 All-Ireland a couple of years ago. There's young lads coming through again on that. So hopefully the panel will be stronger and, and that they'll remain fit. And we wish them well on that front as well for the year. You need a bit of luck as well as the great work that, that Derek and the team are doing. So, look, we're always full of hope at this time of the year and we'll keep at it. Well, Jim, look, that's brilliant to have Ciarán uh, involved at uh, Landby there for so many years. It obviously means a lot to me on a personal level, to be honest about it. But good luck during the year. Enjoy the games and hopefully for all of us it'll be successful. Yeah, thanks, Nicky. We'll be shouting fairly hard from the sidelines anyway. Friday evenings talk sport on 88.7 FM with JJ Kavanagh bus and coach hire. And you're very welcome back to the last section of talk sport here on this Friday evening, the 26th of January. Now action commences in Kilkenny this weekend in the in the adult uh, senior football and intermediate football and junior football leagues. And the honour of starting off the game falls to Dan's Fort. They host the county champions Mullen the Matter at eight o'clock. Patrice, I hope uh, all your players have been in training for this game. Uh, would you like to account for their movements over recent weeks? They've been in serious training and uh, looking forward to this. Look forward to starting the season. And Mullivat, it was Mullivat home game, but uh, their pitch has uh, been, uh, there's work being done on it. So right. it was due to be played actually yeah, Saturday, yeah, but yeah. it's brought forward. Actually, uh, this is a real old fashioned one because there's no dressing rooms. Yeah, you just come and you. Come in the car. Come, yeah, and talk, talk <laughs> the car. Yeah. But uh, joking aside, I mean, the one thing about the, I know Kenny get a bit of flack for not having inter-county football, but at least players can go out and play these games. They won't have done an awful lot of training, if any training, maybe a little bit of gym work, mm. but it's something to ease into the uh, into the um, the early part of the spring and uh, yeah. get out and enjoy themselves. Is that it will be competitive, of course, but get out and enjoy themselves too. Exactly, and uh, it's great for Dan's four playing the county champions in the first game. At least you won't be meeting them in the first round. That's true. Well, Dan's Sport take on them on the bat and Piltown play the Lenmore in intermediate tonight at 8. Tomorrow at half one, I saw Lachlan Gales versus Munkine. That's a tough one, our Lachlan Gales, after they're playing a club final yeah. last week. Paddy Kelly, there's a fairly, that was a, that was a tough one to be asked to play that. Oh, God, don't, don't talk. It's, uh, you know, I'd say they want to just hide for, for, for a couple of weeks anyway, you know. No, well, I'm so sure they'll send out some Oh, they will, they will. No better will, club. No better club is right. Half one and uh, senior Dennis Tuller and Liz Downey. Half one and senior Grailyard in the borough. Half one and senior Claren Kilmigany. At half one in intermediate, Carry Shock versus Greg Belly Callan. Half one in intermediate, the Roar versus Barrow Rangers. Half one, uh, half six tomorrow evening is Connie Shamrocks versus Muckalee. Um, at half one in junior is Galmai versus Young Ireland. And half one in junior is Emeralds versus Greg DeMann. And on Sunday, it's junior rail yard versus Wine Gap at half twelve. And it's uh, junior at half twelve, Venice versus Sleeve uh, Tomorrow in the National Camogie League Division 2, round one, Kilkenny travel to Galway to take on Galway in Kidnvara. And in the ladies football in the National League round three, Kilkenny travel to Limerick to play Limerick. And Pat, up to date on Camogie, the big game is off tomorrow. You might just tell listeners. Yeah, uh, the Loretta against St. Pat's Mahara. St. Pat's Mahara, their Ulster final was uh, postponed twice, so there were sort of 10 days uh, waiting to get it sorted out. And it was played on Wednesday night, and uh, they won that. So uh, then uh, they, they've, it, what seems to be decided now is that it won't be played for a couple of weeks, that the junior. All-Ireland semi-final between the same two schools is likely to be played 
stayed on the bank holiday Monday. That's up in Maharaj, I think. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, and then the following Saturday, Maharaj senior team will come down and play the Loretta. Okay. So that's, that's what we're hearing. Yeah, Colossiumara Johnson are in action tomorrow, are they? Yeah, they're playing tomorrow and uh, they're playing in the Fe- in the Fenians GA grounds and uh, that one's at 12 noon. Okay, so. well, we might uh, we might get to that. Now, in terms of rugby, last weekend's games were rained off. Uh, this week, Kenny travelled to Dundalk. Uh, the f- seconds play at one o'clock and the first at half one. Don't forget, Kenny doing very well. They're uh, they're in fourth in the table and twenty eight points in the, in the uh, their first and the seconds are second in the table and thirty points. In hockey on Saturday, women Kenny women's first three Rock Rovers against three Rock Rovers. That's in Ratfarnham Women's Division Seven. Ratgar towards versus Kenny seconds in High School Ratgar, and on Sunday the men's Division One. Kilkenny first versus Wicklow Hockey Club first in Loretta Kilkenny and basketball the Marble City Hawks are in action tomorrow night at 7 o'clock in the O'Loughlin Gales uh, GAA Club now there's a lot written Jared, in, actually on today's paper a big uh, sign on the back says a big the headline inter-county costs double to over 39 million in a decade now I don't mean to refer it to here but I did speak to Kenny Chairman PJ Kenny yesterday at the launch about a number of things and uh, that was actually one of them and we'll talk to Pat and Paddy about this when we decide interviews on for just under five minutes. PJ Kenny, County Board Chairman. PJ, the launch of the National Leagues, the launch of the 2024 Inter-County Championship. Like any chairman, you have your fingers crossed, hopefully it'll be a, a good year and uh, as we start out here now in uh, the National League match against Wexford. Yeah, it'll be a, hopefully a good year. The matches are going to come chicken fast. Uh, Wexford, uh, Wexford at home, Cork away, then Offaly at home and Clare and Watford away, so they'll all come chicken fast and the league has been good to Kilkenny all down the years and please God we'll make use of it uh, find a few players and hopefully go on and compete and win the league as well it'd be nice but so the championship at the end of the day will be the number one goal but yeah, the league is important as well obviously from a financial point of view and, and there's no point in not saying that because it's in terms of income to the board uh, it uh, delivers a tidy sum that better Kilkenny does yeah it does it does it's important financially and even for building a team down the years, it, it, as I said, the league has been useful for, for Kilkenny. And you saw last year Limerick winning the league didn't do them any harm. And no, it's a, and as you said, it's important financially because uh, things, things, prices of uh, managing teams now are, are increasing in every county. Absolutely. Now, in terms of Kilkenny, Derek trying out a lot of new players. And that's something that evolves every year. We've uh, seen Parik Walsh and Richie Hogan uh, depart, having their brilliant service over the years. But every year is an opportunity for new players to make their breakthrough. And uh, if there was a young player uh, getting an opportunity now, grasp it with both arms, I would say. Yeah, it is. It is. And as you said, Richie and Parik have been great servants for Kilkenny. But with them going, it is a time for a younger player to go in and grab it with two hands. And, uh, you know, in the last few years, Kilkenny have, you know, Owen Cody, Mikey Butler, Adrian Mullen. Some young players have come along in one hurdle year. Young players have came in in their first season and made impact. So it is important for these players now when they get the chance to, to take it with their two hands. Now, Kilkenny supporters, we all know they're fairly demanding and uh, it's been a few years since we actually won at the Lee McCarthy Cup. So th- th- we do get a little bit impatient at Kilkenny after a while if the cup is not coming back. And I suppose that's something that a chairman has to put up with no more than anyone involved with the team. Yeah, it is. We all want to see Kilkenny uh, lift to Lee McCarthy, not just after uh, after such a lo- long spell, but every year. And we're always in the mix. But it is. And... Uh, 
it's something we have to be, I won't say patient about. We, everyone at the moment is chasing Limerick. Lim, if you took Limerick out of it, we maybe would have had a couple of All-Irelands there for the last couple of years. But it's time now, and the players have had experience the last couple of years playing. They're still a young young enough team, so they are. we are good enough to compete and win the All-Ireland if we get Everton in order. Now we saw last year uh, somewhere in the region of 35 million spent on inter-county teams so it's becoming a very costly operation you know you've already started back last November whenever it was with the seniors training the minors under 20s are in training and there's a, there's a lot of backroom team there there's a huge cost involved in it PJ and uh, it has to be a worry for every county chairman the scale at which it's rising at yeah it has to be a worry and at the end, I don't think we can just let it go away like a runaway train. If it does, we seem like we're chasing our tail the whole time trying to get on top of not just Kilkenny, and Kilkenny is probably one of the more conservative in spending other counties, but every, every, every county, it seems to be increasing, increasing, increasing every year. And uh, as you said, the backroom teams, and you see it even at club level there, backroom teams are increasing. Uh, people think big backroom teams are the answer to Everton. I laugh at that at times. I, I look at Ballyhale probably played last year on the one club or Ireland and they're a small enough backroom team. So sometimes too many in a backroom team can be a hindrance as well. Because Kilkenny County Board has ambitions to do other, do other physical developments as well. So you have a lot on your plate. So managing the cost of the inter-county team is important if other uh, big projects are to be realised. Yeah, it is. It is. It has to be managed. Uh, as you said, we have a number of initiatives. Where, you know, we have to look at integration going forward, the one club model and that. Like, we are short of pitches. There's no point in saying we're not. We have county teams having to go to Waterford and Carlow and train at various stages. So we're doing an audit actually around the county or committee, seeing what facilities are around. And probably a partnership with schools needs to be looked at as well. But well, we, we do need a facility. We have to invest in it. So we we have to be we have to control what we're spending on those facilities. Pitches will be there and will help future generations. Thanks, PJ. Thank you. That was PJ Kenny, and I suppose going back to that headline in the paper today, not necessarily referring to Kilkenny here because Kilkenny's costs are clear are not as bad in comparison to some counties. But but Paddy, I'll start with you. When we see counties like Wicklow, Carlow, and Leitrim. Passing the nine hundred thousand euro mark per annum to to run their to run their county teams, that's not that's not that's, no, it's that's not sustainable. Not sustainable it's not sustainable, and, and it's a drain on 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 resources. And I was just saying to there, would that money not be better spent at underage? And and in input into that. Now I know that when you have county teams that you incur certain costs and all like that, uh, I just think strength and condition and physio costs. You know they're just gone through the roof in, in my opinion I just think if you look at the expenditure on that type of thing and then there's also then I, I know that uh, for other stuff for getting teams for team bonding and this and that and that has to be done and I can understand it but for small counties that are down in the second third fourth division or third or fourth division you know that's an awful lot of outlay of money uh, for any any county so it is but Pat Wicklow and I'm not a harp on these Wicklow, Carlin, Leitrim their chances of success even at provincial level are minimal yeah, I suppose, uh, you know, and they're small counties, but uh, I suppose on the Carlow side of it, uh, uh, well, it 
takes in the hurling as well. And it would, of course. Yeah. Well, it, they all were taking the hurling. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, well, yeah. And, and they've got some the, a share of success there. Fair point. Whereas, whereas the football, uh, the mighton, the mightn't. But uh, yeah, it just uh, seems to be. Uh, it's hard to, to to see it sustainable as you go along. There's a lot uh, of connection on that amount of money now. There is fierce. There is fierce. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, the way you see the way it's gone now too is you know and and and, and Paddy alluded to there about uh, the strength and conditioning and the phys- physio and all that and an awful lot of that I, I all maintain that an awful lot of this is coming out of the third level third level uh, as colleges where they have access to all these and players kind of expect this and demand these as well and uh, well you know the GPA and all Yeah well you have are, a situation are, you know, there where you have guys from Carlow or Wicklow or Leitrim attending colleges where the gay players from the top counties are attending yeah. and they're comparing notes Exactly and They yeah. want to go back and say we need to have this as well That's right We just need to take some more money off Dublin Paddy, <laughs> yeah. stand up there and defend yourself. I tell you one thing, uh, we're subsidising the other twenty-one counties. <laughs> that, was a, that was a low one, no. I tell you one thing, uh, hit me on the ankles. Yeah, yeah. The ankles. maybe give it to Cork. Uh, sure. No, I tell you <laughs> one thing, they're stuck for a yeah. few bob down there. But yeah, sure, they're renaming it and this and that. Yeah, but look, it no, it's just it is gone to a stage there, and and it, I don't know whether it'll be reined in or anything like that. Do, do, do you have a thing of financial fair play like you have in the Premier League and all like that do you bring that kind of things in and all like that and do you, do you put a cap on what can be spent on a county uh, outlay per year but sure that's okay I'm going to hold you there for a minute now I'm just going to play a small bit from a programme tomorrow morning if you're doing nothing tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock I, I absolutely urge you to listen in because on the 12th of January I popped over to Freshford there was a special night there they were unveiling a bus to Pad Dillon and a lot of former Kilkenny hurlers and Tipperary hurlers and many more people turned up on the night and I have some smashing interviews here's just a little bit from uh, Taggy Fogarty who's a nephew of Paz and the winner of 8 All-Ireland medals he'll give you a sense of what it was like to be part of that family uh, Taggy Fogarty, you followed in past footsteps, a member of the family, you won eight all Ireland, he won four. What can you remember about him in your younger days? Yeah, actually, look, Pa was um, an absolute idol in, in our house. You know, when I was a kid growing up, you'd hear the stories the mother would be telling um, about going up to Croke Park. And, um, you know, everyone kind of idolised Pa, and he was a hero around my vicinity and obviously in Freshwater as well. And there are the stories I would have heard growing up, and there are the stories I, I wanted to be Pa Dillon when I was a young lad and hurled for Kenny, and that's where it all stemmed from, really. Hurling in past days was a bit different than in your time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Looking at a photo inside there at the function there, there's no sign of a ball, but there's hurls flying everywhere now. So it's an iconic <laughs> photo. And I suppose that was the folklore of as well. It was the stories that he was tough as nails, um, minding that square, and you know, no one got past him. And that, you know, that's what I kind of emulated once to be as well. You know, he's just a great man, and I suppose he's great for the club as well. And he really brought everyone together as well. Now that's just a little bit of a taster of tomorrow mm. morning. There's an awful lot more there. You'll hear from Eddie Kerr, Noel Skeen, Jim Tracy. Van Larkin, Babs Keating, Len Gaynor, Theresa Dillon, Ned Quinn will tell a smashing story. I won't steal it here now in his address. Uh, we'd heard from Bobby and uh, Gillian Dillon as well. John Fitz, the chairman of the club, President Larry McCarthy. You're going you're to enjoy tomorrow morning. I've uh, managed to pull it all together into, uh, into an hour and that was a challenge in itself. But Pat, isn't it great that we can actually record these stories from yesteryear of great players and have a bit of banter as well? Yeah, it's brilliant and uh, you know, I suppose um, um, a lot of people might know, but uh, Aidan Forty got to play in the same line as his uh, as, as, uh, as his his uncle 
Uh, in the full forward, he did, right? yes. Pa would play Don Ireland's at full forward and full back. Full, exactly, in successive years. Yes. And Jim Lynch did the same, they swapped. Yeah, sure, Brian yeah. Cody did the same. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah right, that's yeah. right, yeah. Remember that. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, I remember Aidan Forty actually making his championship debut for the Emeralds. They were playing Dane's Fort in Conaghy, and he was on as a 17 year old, and I marked him down that day. He scored 1 2 or 1 3 as go. a 17 year old. Uh, Paddy, you remember yeah. as a Pat Dillon? I have very vague memories of my growing up there in the late 60s. Like I said, I had an uncle that used to come up every year with Kenny and uh, I'd be watching it on, on that. But I do remember that team, Van Lark and Pan, Jim Tracy, yeah. all them. And well, they're able to tell stories. I yeah. said a little bit about But amazing Pat, now I won't steal too much of the thunder, but he actually obviously had great run-ins with, with Bab Skeeting. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. But the two of them actually worked for the same company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and his one of his best friends was Jimmy Doyle. Correct. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and Jimmy Doyle was, uh, you know, he was some stylist, but uh, uh, and uh, they were great friends. But he was great friends with uh, an awful lot of the Tipperary lads that, you know, they battled with in in, in those. There's, in there's the no boundaries to sport yeah. and friendships. Yeah. Not really, no, no, no question about that. Yeah. But in the but when Kenny won the All Ireland in '67, it was so so important um, for the breakthrough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just yeah. see a, a WhatsApp from Jim Rowan, the Bally Callan Curry Shock football matches off tomorrow. Thanks for that, Jim. So. Nice. Uh, be the first of many but look I hope you've enjoyed the programme tomorrow morning it's on at 9 o'clock um, just a little introduction and then it'll straight in you'll hear an awful lot of people talking about good times and of course look we'll replay it again either on a sports programme or something else because people uh, will want to hear of those stories of um, of yesteryear playing hurling if you're of a certain vintage like the three of us in the studio <laughs> uh, you will understand the teak toughness of the hurling of those days uh, if, you're, if you're just a, a young person you mightn't quite understand them but you'll get a lot better understanding of them by the time you finish listening to the programme tomorrow morning. Thanks to Pat and Paddy for joining me in the studio, to Jim Cashin and to uh, Bear Scott earlier, and well done to all the winners, Harry Morrison, Jimmy Corcoran and Nora Murphy, and uh, we'll talk to you again. Pat is back with uh, Sport at 12 tomorrow, and of course, afternoon uh, Quibri and Allen will be with you, and uh, lots more on Sunday with TJ Mills and with Pat. Until then, Sláin agus Bannacht.